You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 7th, episode 3199, brought to you today by Kevin Equine. Good morning, Horse World. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to the show, everybody. We appreciate you being here. We have uh, Sonia Williams uh, joining us today. She adopted a 16-year-old draft horse from a rescue and three years later became a national champ. There's a success story for you. We look- This is going to be a cool show. I love all the things we're doing on today's show. Well, one of the other things we're doing is I put together some kind of a horses in history segment, uh, only it's more like random facts about a horse in history, and that's Secretariat. You know, it is. Never heard of him. I know. It's 50 years since winning the Triple Crown. This weekend's the Belmont, so that's kind of what brought that up. And we haven't done a kind of retrospective on Secretariat uh, during this Triple Crown run, so I put one of those together with some random stuff you may or may not know that weren't in the movie, uh, which makes me want to go watch the movie again this weekend. Uh, And then uh, Kem and Equine's joining us to talk about probiotics in your horses. Uh, Do we have any weird news? Uh, Maybe one or two. All right, and we'll do something in the post-show. We're not sure what yet. So uh, we haven't talked about the lottery in a long time. For longtime listeners, you'll remember that we used to talk about the lottery a lot in the early days because Jamie and I were both dreaming of winning it, and then we I think we gave up on the dream. Um, but there was a retired handyman from Queens won a recent lottery, $476 million in the Mega Millions jackpot. His name is Johnny Taylor of Howard Beach in the Queens, and uh, he has taken the largest Mega Millions jackpot uh, since 2002 out of New York. Uh, he chose not to be pictured. <laughs> Very smart. But but you know his name, so you can just look him up, right? Uh, he probably deleted every social media account he had. Yeah, he's 71. He doesn't have any. Yeah, that's true. Smart. He is 71. Now, he said he plans to travel with his wife before they buy a new home and replace their decade-old Prius. So, you think he's getting a Prius, or you think he's getting, like, a... Uh, new Mustang or I think he's going to get a monster truck. <laughs> that's perfect. I think that's perfect. Like a, one of those new Ford Raptors. I think that'd be perfect. Uh, he said, I'll donate some of the money to his church. By the way, his wife didn't believe him. She went in or he went in and told him she didn't believe him. As a matter of fact, to the point where he had to pull up the website and show her the winning numbers. Cause he thought she thought, she thought he was, you know, nuts and, I would, I would totally not believe Chad <laughs> if he came home and be like, we won the lottery. Yeah, uh, yeah, we right. won $400 million. By the way, after taxes and everything, they got about $200 million. But still, I think you can live on that. Um, then, uh, if you remember right, there was a $2 billion jackpot winner out of California not too long ago, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. It was the Powerball jackpot. It was the highest ever, the most one person's ever won. It's Edwin Castro was his name. Well, it didn't take him long. Within two months, he has bought a $25.5 million house in in Hollywood Hills. 
He collected about, after his lump sum and taxes and everything, $997 million. So that's 50% of that is just gone. Gone, but still. I mean, I think I could live on a billion dollars. See, now here's the thing I was thinking about. He got a, a, bought a giant mansion in Hollywood Hills. Okay, so what I know of Hollywood Hills is is it's a lot of old money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's people, these are like the children of celebrity. <laughs> they still live there. You know, it's like old, old money. And then here comes this new money Interloper. In here. Interloper <laughs> with his lottery winnings trying to be our neighbor. I really, I'm making a prediction he doesn't make it very long there uh, because he's, everybody's going to hate him. I mean, I would think. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Although the property's big enough that I don't think he has to worry about his neighbors. <laughs> That's true. It's a three-story home, plus a rooftop deck, five bedrooms, six bathrooms, a game room, wine cellar, movie theater, wet bar, gym, cold plunge, pool, steam shower, and sauna. He, he doesn't ever okay. have to leave the house. <laughs> he might be okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he's gonna need some. He's gonna need some help, though, right? I, I was mean, thinking, I'm like, but he's still got to go to the grocery store and deal with it. No, he doesn't. He's no, not going to the no, grocery store anymore. You can have people buy your groceries when you have I a billion dollars. I do think that if you spend $25 million, uh, one-fourth of your money on a, I guess not even a fourth. No, it's not a fourth. It's 2%. Okay. Yeah, okay, never mind. He's all right. Okay. And he was able to pay cash. No mortgage for him. <laughs> so. so I didn't realize it's $1 billion dollars. that he got. Yes. He cleared almost a billion dollars. Yeah. I am playing the lotto from now on. <laughs> Go back at it. Go back. I stopped That's for a long time too. We used to play religiously when when we were talking about it years ago, but I have stopped too. I don't know why. I'm closer to the store now. I could actually do it. You're because you realize it just makes you broke. It's just donating frustrated. To, to what's his name, Edwin Castro. You've given yes, him money that's now. Right. That's right. I did. All right. Let's do some daily winnies, and then we'll talk about horses. I promise. We have two auditor birthdays today, Kayla Perry and Gina Moronic. And thank you, Gina sent uh, Jennifer and I a birthday gift this year. So thank you, Gina, for that. We really appreciate it. I don't know if I mentioned that on the show yet, because we left we left right after that for vacation. But uh, happy birthday to both of you. Also, what is the one thing that listeners have been asking for for like 10 years on this show that we have not been able to deliver? Not only listeners. Me. I've been asking for this. You've been mentioning you need we need to have Zeus talk to somebody needs to talk to Zeus. We gotta find out what's going on with Zeus in his head. And so you have found somebody. I met an animal communicator at Equine Affair. And the pro- we've been trying to get this isn't for lack of trying. Most animal communicators are very serious and take their thing very seriously. Um, and the problem is when I talked to him about coming on the show where they were like, with YouTube? No way. <laughs> So, yeah. They just don't trust us. I'm good. <laughs> you, you, I think they just listened to our show once and go, I'm not coming on with those two. So I found somebody who is brave enough to do it on Monday. Uh, this animal communicator, you'll meet her on Monday, is coming on. I talked to her on the phone the other day, and she's like, 
I talk to animals. I think I'm okay doing a comedy show. Yeah. Uh, so she had a good attitude about it. And so she's going to do Scooter first. Uh, and then she's going to come back and we'll pick which... Uh, now that you don't have Zeus anymore, you might want to pick another one. I don't know. but Well, I don't uh, know what he's doing. I'd like to talk to him. Oh, Make yeah. Sure he's he okay. could give you a report. That's true. I didn't yeah. think about that. So she'll come back and then do Zeus second. But uh, we're going to get her on to talk about Scooter on Monday. Well, what if he only has like two minutes of things to say? Well, I did say that if... Uh, uh, he says something bad. We may cut it out. <laughs> to tell him. My dad sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a little worried about that. Actually, isn't everybody worried about that? That gets a reading. That has. Oh to be- yeah, I, I did have when I did was on Star 94 in Atlanta. An animal communicator came on and read my horse, and I lived in Atlanta, and and everything is pretty landlocked. And she says, "Your horse wants me to tell you he doesn't like going in circles." And my response was. Would he like me to ride him down I-85? Like, I, I, there's no choice. I can change it to squares. <laughs> what do you want? Can you ask him how to resolve this situation? Thanks. Appreciate it. He's just going to have to go in circles because I got to turn. There you go. <laughs> So That's I'm hoping funny. for more success. Than that. <laughs> well, we'll find out on Monday. I really told her nothing. I sent her pictures. They always ask for pictures. I sent her a couple of pictures. I had to tell her, her his age, and that's all she knows. And she doesn't listen to this show, so she doesn't know any more than that. All right, your turn. Man, I have some just neighbors that are so awesome. It's so fun having them as neighbors. Um, (laughs) So my arena is right by the road at the front of our property. We have about 20 acres and our house is kind of in the back middle. So we're away from everybody. But when I go to ride, it's up at the front. And of course, the neighbor's house is directly East of us, like right now, they're basically their house kind of butts up against my arena, which, by the way, they love. Um, they had nobody up there, and then we built a barn and an arena, and uh, now they get me every morning. Hello. Um, so they're really love. I mean, it's so warm when you go up there. You're just like, wow, this is so nice. Okay. Do you regret so- not flipping it and putting the barn in the back and the house in the front? No, because I would have to live next to him. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. And, like, p- clients will come over and they'll be like, is that a skunk? What is that? I'm like, yeah, it's a neighbor's terrible skunky weed that they just smoke. Oh, <laughs> they, like, go off. So, that yeah, neighbor. Just, yeah, this is that neighbor. They're really, really fun. We did learn something about weed when we were in Amsterdam. It doesn't all smell good. No, no, this does not. <laughs> no. I, I, apparently, I had another client who came over who was somewhat of an expert, and she was like, that's the change. Actually, it was somebody's mom, which was even funnier. She's <laughs> like, no, that's skunkweed. And what that is, that means it's really cheap, and it probably wasn't dried well. And like, give us this whole like, theme about this. And she's like, mom, how do you know that? Well, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much what I know, which is, it's just, yeah, there's no skunks. It's just them. So anyway, I'm riding... Uh, yesterday and you know miles has I, I decided to teach him to go bridle is because he sucks at having the bridle on but i'm like you know what you need to grow up and i got a new bridle and it's a um it's a really kind of unique bridle where it goes around their face and applies pressure on their face not just the bit pressure and it's illegal and legal a legal bridle so i tried it on him yesterday and oh my god 
so lovely. And he was like so responsive and because un- he understands the nose pressure because of the riding in the halter. He was just, just everything was going so great. And I was like hearing, you know, angels. Oh, like this is, I'm like, I'm amazing. I figured it out. Everything is great. And then I'm like, oh God, what is that smell? What is that smell? It's not a skunk. It's not skunk. I don't know what it is. Oh, oh God. My neighbors decided that in the one and a half hours a day, I have to ride my horse, that that would be the time to schedule their septic tank cleaning appointment. (laughs) Those trucks are quiet too. (laughs) Well, I, you know, there's a two doors down. The guy owns a trucking company. So there's always a lot of noise, you know, but like, oh man, let me tell you something that won't get out of your nose all day. It was amazing. Like, that's horrible. It was just like, I had to get off. I had to run into the barn. I had to, I mean, I was almost going to puke. It's the worst. It's the worst. And then not to mention that I hate those people. So it makes it even worse. (laughs) When we lived in Pennsylvania, had our our farm there. Um, The neighbor got their septic pumped and then proceeded to go on the field across the street and spread it, which we didn't even know was illegal. And apparently it wasn't. Oh, I just gagged. Yeah. And so we smelled that for a few days. We had a chicken farm behind us, so it was the competing soldiers. <laughs> yeah, that's that, yeah, they spread that on the field. And then this morning I was sitting on a young, uh, impressionable thoroughbred, and this morning they decided to start weed whacking against the fence while I was riding, and it, you know, when he was clank, clank, clank. Oh, they're doing this just to piss you off. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's okay. You need I to build a it. sound barrier like they do along the highways. It was one of those mornings where I was like, can you come grab my, I need to get off. I need to get, I got, I got, I I jump off. I'm going to jump off. (laughs) Can you hold him, please? (laughs) All right. Let's talk a little bit about, well, the Belmont's coming up this Saturday. And I was looking at the Belmont information. And then I thought to myself, once again, because there's no triple crown potential, I don't care. (laughs) So so I didn't care. Um, So what I decided to do. I cared until Stupid Bob Baffert came back and won the whole Preakness thing and just makes me mad. I know. So Ugh. I thought let's talk about something that we can actually all get behind, and that's Secretary. Right. Secretary, it's 50 years, you know, uh, took the Triple Crown in the Belmont. And I don't know if if you remember, you, all of us saw the movie, for sure. And, and I'm going to watch it again this weekend. It was a great movie to begin with. Plus, I'd rather watch that than the Belmont. So, so I have the audio. Now, remember, this audio was a little different from 1973. I was 11 years old, by the way. So here's the audio from the Belmont. And we're ready to go for this tremendous Belmont set. Everybody's in line, and they're off. Looks like the early lead goes to Mike Gallant. Yes, Mike Gallant going for the lead with Price and Press on the outside. Secretary to weigh very well, has good position on the rail, and in fact is now going up with the leader. They're moving for the first turn. It is Secretariat. Sham on the outside is also moving along strongly. And now it's Sham. Sham and Secretariat are right together into the first turn. Mike Allen has third behind them. Then it's twice a prince, and the trailer is Private Smiles as they go by the turn. Those two together, Sham on the outside. Sham getting ahead in front as they move around the turn with Secretariat second. Then there's a large gap. Make it eight lengths back to Mike Gallant in third and Vice of Prince fourth. And Private Smiles is still the trailer. They're on the backstretch. It's almost a match race now. 
Secretariat's on the inside, by ahead. Sham is on the outside. They've opened 10 lengths on Mike Gallant, who is third by ahead, with twice the Prince fourth. Then it's another eight lengths back to Private Smiles, who is trailing the field. They continue down the backstretch, and that Secretariat not taking the lead. He's got it by about a length and a half. Still Sham, 10 lengths back, Mike Gallant, twice the Prince. They're moving on the turn now. For the turn at Secretariat, it looks like he's opening. The lead is increasing. Make it three, three and a half. He's moving into the turn. Secretariat holding on to a large lead. Jam is second, and then it's a long way back to Mike Allen and twice a print. They're on the turn. It's Secretariat is blazing along the first three quarters of a mile in 109 and four fifths. Secretariat is widening now. He is moving like a tremendous machine. Secretariat by 12. Secretariat by 14 lengths on the turn. Sham is dropping back. It looks like they'll catch him today as Mike Allen and Vice the Prince are both coming up to him now. But Secretariat is all alone. He's out there almost a sixteenth of a mile away from the rest of the horses. Secretariat is in a position that seems impossible to catch. He's into the stretch. Secretariat leads his field by 18 lengths. And now Price the Prince has taken second, and Mike Gallant has moved back to third. They're in the stretch. Secretariat has opened a 22-length lead. He is going to be the Triple Crown winner. Here comes Secretariat to the wire. An unbelievable, an amazing performance. He hits the finish 25 lengths in front. 25 lengths he won that by. You know, it, it, it's interesting because you could hear in the announcer's Ooh. voice, he's never called a race like that before. He's so surprised. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I've never called a race where they won by 25 lengths. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. You got to get tissues here. Yeah. That is just incredible to hear. And it, oof. oof. So Secretariat, uh, there were 5,617 winning tickets that went uncashed. At, at the Belmont. <laughs> <laughs> they That's kept awesome. them as mementos. It was the I've most... i plenty of uncashed tickets. <laughs> Not winning tickets. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. they, they said it was the most number of winning tickets that they know about in history that's gone uncashed. Um, but you know what? I'd have, I'd have bet like a huge one and then a $2 one and kept that one. <laughs> kept that one. Although it probably didn't pay much. I don't know what the odds were, but it couldn't have been much. So just it was just four months later, if you remember right, that he retired and became a sire, right? Uh, he sired 663 foals over the next 16 years. And we'll talk about a little bit later about how well they did. But do you remember, I, I remember this kind of from the movie. Do you remember how Penny Chenery ended up with Secretariat? Yes. Okay, so do you want to remind everybody? So there was um, a coin toss. So her dad was in a kind of like, it seems like they were just kind of like buddies, Ogden, Philip Phipps, and, and his Penny's dad. And the the dad was, did he pass away before Yeah, that's him? right. Yep, yep. Yeah. She was trying to and, save the farm, remember? This was truly a save the farm thing. Yeah, it's yeah. actually a real thing where yeah. you tried to save the farm. <laughs> I think this is but what started all the other movies. <laughs> there was two broodmares, one something royal and one named Hasty Matilda, and they had a coin toss that they would do every year, and the winner of the coin toss got to choose the, the, the foal. Right. And she lost the coin toss and Ogden Phipps went with hasty Matilda where she got something Royal, which is the one she actually wanted in the first place. And of course, you know, 
next year secretariat's born yeah. <laughs> it was like what <laughs> I mean, what, a, what a, you can't plan that but you know what he might not have been secretariat if he was with ogden Fitch. that's true so it, it just but do you think on his gravestone it says the one who lost the uh, the most expensive coin toss in the history of the world? <laughs> Man, know. that guy was so famous <laughs> and known for so many racehorse but, things that I think it was, but from you, what I understand, he handled it with grace. Well, do you know, though, the Phipps family uh, never won the Kentucky Derby until 2013. Wow. They were legendary horse owners and had run a ton of horses, but never won, and that was Orb. Uh, in 2013 was one of their horses. But, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So Secretariat was named Horse of the Year twice. Um, you know, Secretariat lost the very first race in Aqueduct in 1972 and then just lost once more in its two-year-old campaign. Uh, and it was due to a disqualification in a race that was very controversial. At the end of the season, however, he was voted winner of the Eclipse Award as Horse of the Year, the first two-year-old to ever be honored as Horse of the year so they still honored secretary of the source of the year so they knew something right and then of course after you know after winning the triple crown won won it again but uh uh secretariat's record still stands 159 and two-fifths at the kentucky derby time and it's been 50 years and only one other horse apparently has ever finished under two minutes uh there so uh, that still is, is a record. Uh, I think Monarcos <clears throat> did it. I thought it was A.G. Pegasus did, but nope, not. So th- there's a lot, a lot of close to two, but yeah, only two under two minutes ever in history. So the other thing, too, is Secretary became this huge phenomenon. Now, I got to remember, there wasn't social media. We were talking magazines and newspapers back then and TV, right? TV news, the f- the six o'clock news. <laughs> and that's that's where you got your news, the six o'clock news or Sports Illustrated, Time Magazine, Newsweek Magazine, all fixtured, pic- uh, featured him on the cover. And that was unheard of. They didn't do animals, right? Mm-hmm. So that was unheard of at the time. It was so he was so popular that they hired the William Morris Agency to oversee his public appearances and to act as his PR agency. Wow, he's got people. <laughs> he got people. It was it was rare for any animal to have an agent, right? Uh, his fame continued for a long time. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame after winning the Triple Crown. Uh, only one year after winning the Triple Crown, he's inducted in the Hall of Fame. The in 1999, the Postal Service issued the Secretariat stamp, making him the first equine to have a stamp. And ESPN named him. Of course, we talked about this as one of the greatest hundred athletes of the 20th century. That's amazing. But now we all know that he sucked as a sire. He didn't do too well. However, his his babies, his lineage did uh, uh, take in uh, $30 million, but he never really had outstanding kids of his own. And from what I understand, his last son is still alive in Ocala. Yeah, and well, uh, he wasn't really old, known. But. His his babies weren't runners, but what he did do um, is he sired. He was called a broodmare sire. He sired unbelievably successful broodmares. So, like a baby, a filly of secretary would be born when she would be bred. Her offspring was very successful. So his grandkids so. did good. So his grandkids out of the daughters. Yep. It's pretty pretty amazing. I mean that you can uh, the how how much history there is and how much you can track all of that and how logistics of all that work. It's just cool that they're like over that much time they've been able to see how successful his daughters were. And of course, AP Indy was one of the grandsons, and Rags to Riches. 
was one. And, you know, he died at the age of 19 from laminitis, uh, was euthanized in October of that year. Um, and I Boy, didn't know you that. look at the old videos and you're just like, get him off that grass. <laughs> Here's some little quick random facts about Secretariat. Of course, he was his sire was bold ruler. And when he went to Claiborne Farm to be a stud, he took over the stall of Bold Ruler. So he was in Bold Ruler's stall, um, who had passed away when Secretary was one year old. Um, he he was when they first entered him in stud. I didn't know. They, I don't know. I think they still do this. But in those days, they wanted to see how good a breeder they were going to be. You know how good the swimmers were. So they bred him to three non-thoroughbred mares to test his fertility. So his first full-born was an Appaloosa cross named First that, Secretary. I, had, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. I doubt they still do that. Why waste it, right? <laughs> so, um, of course, we all know well, about the heart. they also can test it. They're, the science is a lot better. They can collect them and then look at it in a microscope and all that, where they're like, hey, let's just see this one gets pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Appaloosas apparently were used for that purpose back in the 1970s. Of course, we all know Secretary's heart was two and a half times larger than that of the average horse, and he ran on nine different racetracks, and he won at least one race at all of them. And he only raced through the third year. Do you remember why they only did three years with him? Um, because he was incredibly valuable. And she needed the money to save the farm. And she needed mm. the money to save the farm. Yeah, because yep. she ended up uh, like selling shares. Yep, that's right. Yeah, so uh, so this truly was the first of a template of movies, a hundred of which have come out as love stories since then. I mean, the, it started all of them. All those horse <laughs> movies where the girl has to go to the, you know, the tame the wild Frisian <laughs> yeah. and take On it the to beach. the big dressage <laughs> show to win enough money at the dressage show to save the family farm. That, my friends... It's a real movie, so you know. <laughs> I just made that. It's called The Dark Horse, I think, something like there that. There you go. It's a wild Frisian she tames, but by the way, she doesn't know how to ride, so they learn together, <laughs> and then she goes to the local dressage show and wins enough money to save the farm. This does make me oh. want to watch the movie again. It was a really good movie. All right, Wait, there, Secretary there's... or Dark Horse? <laughs> <laughs> I think Secretary, and I'll stick with it. All right, let's uh, let's hear from our friends at Kemen. We, we, I had a chance to catch up with them and talk for our health segment today a little bit about probiotics in your horse's tummy. Well, I have Michael back with me from Kemen Equine, and today our topic is going to be what is the difference between pr- probiotics and prebiotics? So that's a great question. You know, the great thing is both are focused on helping to keep that gut bacteria healthy. One way that we may do this is by helping that beneficial bacteria in the gut to grow and function. However, prebiotics and probiotics, they accomplish this in two very different ways. Prebiotics are often these specialized fibers or these complex carbohydrates. So they're not living microorganisms. And they essentially act like a food source or an energy source for that beneficial bacteria in the GI tract. Probiotics, on the the other hand, are these living microorganisms. So they're usually strains of this beneficial bacteria or these good bugs that can help improve gut health overall. So, so, So why should you feed a probiotic then? You know, there is a lot of information out there. There's some good and some not so good about what probiotics can do. When it comes down to it, there are really two main benefits of using a probiotic. One, it's maintaining that microbial balance in the gut. This helps maintain this diverse population or many different types of microbes or these bugs in the gut. 
And it's been shown that this increased level of diversity is actually beneficial for the horse. And two, to reduce the number of pathogens or the bad bugs that are in the gut. If these bad microbes begin to multiply, they can actually damage the lining of that gut. And that leads to leaky gut syndrome, colitis, uh, diarrhea, or, or fecal water syndrome, or even colic. So, so under what circumstances would a microbial balance get out of whack, you know, that would result in maybe a bad bacteria, a harmful one? You know, there are a number of different things that can actually cause this. Extended antibiotic use, it mm. not only targets the bad bacteria, but it can actually damage that level of good bacteria or beneficial bacteria in the gut as well. This can lead to bacterial overgrowth from the bacteria that might not have been impacted by the antibiotic itself. It can also lead to in the enterocolitis, diarrhea, or colic, as we had mentioned before. Diet changes, that's another thing that can actually contribute to a stressor. Um, another one would be travel. Uh, any of these stressors can actually lead to a reduction of the health of the microbiome, uh, and it creates an unbalanced, unbalanced environment. Um, think about your own gut health. There are these times when there's changes to our health, um, such as diet, stress, anything like that, that can actually lead to these gastrointestinal problems. And it's the same for your horse. I know a little about that after the last couple of months. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. So there are many probiotics on the market, and we've heard about them for years. What characteristic does a good probiotic have and what others might not have? So number one is survivability. As I had mentioned, probiotics are these living microbes or cells, and they need to be able to reach that gut of the horse and they need to be alive and very viable to function. Um, and really, that's no small feat. Think about this. Probiotics are sensitive to time, temperature, and pH. So when you look at today's feed manufacturing process, such as pelleting, you have extreme temperatures, you have high pressures, and the impacts on these, along with some of the other ingredients that might be in that feed, can actually have a negative impact on those microbes. And we really can't take that for granted. We want those probiotics to be alive and well by the time they reach your horse. Then uh, to add insult to injury, it needs to survive exposure to the gastric acid. So that goes back to that pH that we talked about. These probiotics need to be a tough bug to actually make it through all of this and still provide a benefit to your horse. The second characteristic is proven mode of action. So it comes down to science. How does that probiotic actually help improve the microbiome, balance that microbiome, or inhibit the growth of pathogens or those bad bugs, bugs that we've referenced? Um, and it really just needs to be clearly understood and proven. Uh, the product claims that they make, they really need to be backed up by research and science. Finally, safety. Is that probiotic safe? Is there going to be any harmful side effects or issues if we feed this bacteria to the gut itself? Well, I know we've talked about here on the show that Chem and Equine's probiotic is Clostat. That's your probiotic of choice. How does it that all match up with all the characteristics you just talked about to make a, a good probiotic an effective one? So Clostat contains this patented strain of Bacillus subtilis. We call it PB6. PB6 is a probiotic that is unique. It's naturally occurring uh, to the animal itself. It's spore-forming bacteria, and which that, what that means is it's actually dormant and it's protected during the feed manufacturing process. After it passes through the stomach, it activates and it begins to release specific, uh, these specific active substances that actually inhibit the growth of that, those pathogens, those bad bugs that we had mentioned, um, such as like Clostridium species, E. coli, Salmonella, Rhodococcus equi, Strep equi. Um, and Kevin has more than 200 R&D documents that actually reference PB6 
uh, and its efficacy, and that even includes in young and adult horses. So it really checks all those boxes that we were talking about initially. You know, science is amazing. Where can you, where can the listeners get close to that? Where can they find it? Kevin Equine is an ingredient company, and we work with a wide array of feed and supplement companies to bring these solutions directly to you, the horse owner. We suggest that you reach out to your preferred feeder supplement company and ask if they're already using Clostat in their products. You can also visit kemin.com slash equine. That's K-E-M-I-N dot com slash equine to learn more about where you can find these ingredients. Well, one of our terrific sponsors today is Stateline Tech. I was on their website this morning, and I saw one of our other terrific sponsors on there. They right now have a sale going on on certain models. It's a clearance sale for certain models of Wintech saddles. It looks like what they've done is they had demo saddles that they're now selling, and there's some pretty good discounts up to 40% off of these. Uh, right now, they have a Caprilli Classic Close Contact Saddle at 40% off, and these were all demos. They're, they're marked as demos. So they, I don't know if they have little scratches on them or what. But we used to sell our demos this way, too, when we had our tack shop. Uh, they have a Bates Caprilli. They have a Heritage. They have a Wintech Pro a Pony Dressage Saddle, uh, a Western Saddle. We forget that they make Western Saddles. They have a Junior Stock Saddle. All of those right now looks like they're one-offs. So you want to head over to StatelineTech.com right now and click on the Wintech banner to see if you if they have one in your size and you can snag it up. And they have free shipping on those saddles as well. StatelineTech.com. Let's go to our next guest, who's brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. This is an amazing story. We talk about rescues. We talk about how Jamie provides horses through adoption all the time. Well, Sonia Williams worked at a rescue during COVID and, and ended up getting herself an old COVID pony, who then ended up becoming a champion. Sonia, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. So, Sonia, a couple of years ago, COVID hit, and you yeah. were working with a rescue, right, up in the Northeast. <laughs> yes, I was um, a community, community animal welfare specialist at the Massachusetts Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. you then got the calls when horses needed to go find a new home for whatever reason, <laughs> and during COVID, there was a lot of that going on. Yes. So, so tell me, you took this call and went to this barn. What happened? Yeah. So we received an email um, from a woman looking to surrender her 16-year-old Gypsy Banner um, because she had two horses and with um, sort of financial decrease due to COVID, you know, she had a lower income. Uh, she couldn't afford to support both of them anymore. And her second horse was well into her 30s. She had her forever and felt like she owed it to her to maintain her through the rest of her life. So she wanted to surrender her younger horse. Um, and when possible, we would go out and evaluate horses. And if we thought we had, um, you know, a potential adopter who would be a good match, we would match them up outside the program. So we wouldn't necessarily bring them into our facility because that's just added stress, added transport, more adjustments, all that kind of stuff. So um, I went out to evaluate him and see if we could place him outside the program before bringing him in as a full surrender. And uh, I fell in love. <laughs> so, now, did you fall yeah. in love with all of them you went out to see? I was no, say, how no. many did you do? <laughs> did you love? Yeah, no. So he was the only one. I had one other that I had looked at adopting um, that had come into our barn, but he just wasn't going to be the right match. Um, and I think, I think in my couple of years there, I think I adopted out some somewhere around twenty horses. Um, but he was the only one I brought home with me. And can I so. ask how old you were at that time? Yes. Um, 
early 20s. Okay. All right. So like 23. All right. So you were on your own. You you weren't living with mom and dad anymore. Nope. <laughs> nope. I had I had How an apartment on a that? farm. How long ago? 2020, was that? right? Yeah, like three years ago. Mm-hmm. All right. So so you ended up with this horse who was what <laughs> 16 years old. 16. Yep. And allegedly was doing walk trot canter lessons under saddle three years previously. He hadn't been working three years when I got him. And um, was kind of ragged looking. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. He just an you untamed know, gypsy. Gypsy. <laughs> yes, exactly. His owner just, you know, hadn't been able to quite keep up with it and you know, coming out of winter, so <laughs> who wants to be bathing and braiding in, in the cold of Massachusetts winter? You know so. what though, I think about things like that and you just so I I deal a lot with the ASPCA and Right Horse mm-hmm. Initiative too. And uh, I, I'm always thankful when people surrender their horses as opposed to have them taken. So you gotta give yes. her a little bit of credit yeah, for absolutely. recognizing the inability to take care of them. And yeah. just know that people do that out of the goodness of their hearts, not right. For any other reason, yeah. you know, they didn't stick him on a truck to Mexico. They no surrendered exactly. him. Yeah, and she had owned him for 14 years. She had bought him right after he was imported as a two-year-old, um, and had loved him very much. And you know, she did right by the horse. So well, I give her all the credit. And you know, I still talk to her. I try to text her a, a photo of him once a month and give her an update on what we've been up to. Well, good for you. Aww. So speaking about <laughs> what you were up to with Robin of Loxley, which is the yes. greatest name ever for a, for a gypsy, I think. <laughs> is, is that his registered name? So it is, I've just found, I've actually just registered him because he hadn't been previously. So that's what she renamed him, but he has a different registered name with his breed registry, but he is registered as Robin of Loxley with the USEF. I love that name. That's You can't name. say Robin of Loxley. You have to say it with an English accent. Robin of Loxley. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's me. Maybe that's me. Go ahead. So yeah, better that I don't try that. <laughs> so Sonia had something else that was unique for, a te- for just past teenager at that time in early 20s is that she drove rather than ride. There are a lot of young drivers in this country. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you've you been a driver, right? All, all, all along? Yeah. yeah. So I so I ride and drive, but I had started driving when I was 11. Um, I attended a summer camp in Massachusetts that's called Pompa Etiquette Farm, um, owned by Jackie Kane. And one of the activities in the two-week-long equestrian camp, apart from riding, is she exposes you to driving and vaulting, um, gymkhana, a little bit of everything, just you oh, know, give fine. you the full equestrian experience. So when I was 11, I started that and was totally hooked. And Jackie was nice enough that when she'd have her trainer come by once a week to give her her lessons, that once camp ended in the fall, I was able to kind of jump in on that. So I took lessons with her professional trainers um, for a couple of years. But then I read read in the article in the Chronicle Mm -hmm. of the Horse that you, you know, this was a horse that basically had been untouched for a long time. So you were starting pretty much from scratch with this horse. (laughs) But you realized that you were starting from scratch with a horse that, a draft horse, basically. (laughs) Um, And you knew you needed some help. And this is where, this is the initiative that I love about you. You went, okay, I have to train this horse, but I have to learn from somebody who's better than me to train this horse. So I'm going to go be a working student for some. Somebody. And then you saw somebody that I know very well because we followed his career on the driving radio show from the time he was like fourteen, mm-hmm. um, literally. And that's Jacob Arnold was looking for a was looking for a groom at the time. Yeah, so it all happened to work out. I, you know, started riding Loxley and bringing him back into work really, really slowly and kind of seeing what training he had, where any holes were. Um, wanted to start driving him, put him in harness, long lined him. And kind of got stuck. You know, there were some locals that could help me up in New Hampshire, um, but no one that I had great access to. And then Jacob posted on Facebook that he was looking for a groom. 
And so I figured, oh, well, I'll apply. He won't, he won't bring me to Kentucky for an interview. Why would he do that? I'm sure he's got a <laughs> list of people. Uh, and then, of course, I got a phone interview. I got flown down for a working interview. I got offered the job. So how am I going to say no to that? Um, so I said, okay, that's fine. But my horse has to come with me because I just got him. He has to come with me. Um, and also, I want help training him. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, by the and, way. Yeah. <laughs> Hire me, pay me, and then also train my horse. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently you did. So. Yes, it all worked out somehow. So. Jacob's a nice guy. That's partly why. And yeah, plus, Jacob nice. got a lot of breaks when he was a teenager, too. Mm -hmm. He had some people that were very high up in the industry helping him out. You know, yeah. he, he he needed the help along the way as well. So mm -hmm. I think he was just, he, he probably saw himself and you, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And you still yeah, work I'm, with him, right? I still work with him. Yeah. I'm now his head groom and barn manager. Um, and still train with him regularly with Loxley. So, well, you decided that after a bit of time and working ground driving and getting used to the cart and all of that, you started mm -hmm. taking him to shows. Yes. How was he initially at shows? Just nervous. Just, you know, he's like a six-year-old in a 16-year-old's body. So just really inexperienced. Not spooky, but just he didn't get the point of it. And so, these were combined driving events, so they're like yes, the three yeah. phases of, mm -hmm. of eventing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the first show that we went to was just a little like combined test, so just dressage and cones, just to see if we could make it in the ring without leaving the ring unintentionally. <laughs> um, <laughs> now let's so. let's keep in mind this was 2020. This was only a few years ago when she got this horse, and mm -hmm. then he started showing pretty well. Yes, quickly. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, a little a little ridiculously quickly. Um, yeah, he really took to it. He loves cones, so once he figured out the game in cones, I have a super cones horse now, um, and he tries his hardest in marathons. And that's it's a speed not event, and he's a little yes. draft horse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, and I mean, so shockingly, um, we actually went to Live Oak, which is yeah. a massive combined driving event um, in March of this past year, or this year, and uh, we actually, so we had to go intermediate, so we moved up a division as well, and we actually won the cones for the entire intermediate division, so not just our class, wow. so not just single horses, but for Everyone there competing in intermediate. We had the fastest time, and we went double clear, so no balls down as well. So. This is an amazing story. And they, but yeah. you did go to the 2022 uh, preliminary yes. single horse national First championship. Yep. Where was that held? That was at Garden State in New Jersey. New Jersey. So, and the horse um, mm -hmm. how'd you do? We won. <laughs> <laughs> so so yes, in kind of the most maybe the most surprising turn of events uh, last summer. I had planned on doing a single show with him at Metamora, which is in Michigan, um, just to, to see if we could make it around a full CDE, a recognized event, all that kind of stuff. So we went, we won. <laughs> and then from there, it's like, you know, a friend suggested, hey, if you do one more CDE, you'll qualify for the championships. Like, do you want to do that? You know, maybe you should. So then we went to Indiana and Jacob was actually away that weekend. So I went with one of our other grooms. Um, who's navigated for me. Her name's Kiri Freeman. And so we went just to complete the show, not to do well, but just to get it done. So we got second there. And then from there, well, Jacob was already going to be competing in New Jersey. So we just threw Loxley on the trailer with his horses. Um, just figured, well, I'll just go to go. And at least then I can say I've done, I've tried and we've been to a national championship. Um, we did, you know, decently in dressage. We had a good marathon. I think we went into cones and third place so all i can do is is do my best and go double clear hold my place uh and so we went reverse order and so i went double clear and jacob at that point was kind of losing it he was trying to hold in the excitement <laughs> um and my sister and jacob were standing on the sidelines like you could just see on their faces they just 
they were really surprised um, and then really nervous for the couple, the second and first place to go ahead of me. And they went and they both had balls. And so I ended up in first. Congratulations. This is yeah. three years Thank to go from an out of shape rescue, <laughs> basically, 16 year old out of shape rescue out of yes. New England. Um, yeah. And then take and take that horse at 18 years old, just mm-hmm. a couple of years later to win a national championship. This does not happen. We were just talking about <laughs> movies and the cliches of movies. This mm-hmm. is almost like a cliche of a horse movie. If you yeah. were saving a farm, it would be. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, if I'd like run away from home and end yes, up on exactly. some farm. <laughs> Although you could sell this to Hollywood and they would just change all of that. So yeah. I mean, yeah. it's got all of the pieces. Well, okay. there has to be a romantic interest. Do we have one of those? Did you find anybody in Kentucky? <laughs> I did. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Checked all the boxes. You did. Oh it's my amazing. God, give me a pin. I gotta write this down. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Yeah. So no, when it happened last year, I said, This is this is unreal. You know, who would have thought this? And it totally was my my like happy ending for Loxley. I mean, he doesn't owe me anything. He's given me everything and he loves his What's job. He doing so now? we're still driving. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. So I kind of was like, Oh, well, maybe we'll retire after the championship and then he really likes it. So why would I stop? And you know, we're gonna I'll go until he says he's done. Um because he enjoys it and he likes having a job and it's healthier for, you know, easy keeper draft horse to have a job. Um, so yeah, we're still driving. We went to the, a little, uh, combined test locally last weekend. We won, <laughs> um, in the, okay. In the so, class. <laughs> so you're the girl where it's a little combined test. There's four or five yep. drivers in your class and they look at you come in the national champion and go, Oh, this sucks. Ah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, cause we've, we've even had some other, you know, professional friends who are kind of like, how how is she, how is she doing this? Like how is this horse making it around these courses and especially in cones? Like how is he so fast? Because you look at him and my cones rounds don't always look incredibly smooth. Because um, there are some conversations I'm having with Loxley around the course, but <laughs> but but we do it. I mean we manage and and he is really good now. He's he's sometimes a little quick because he knows he's looking for a cone. So if I don't quite give him the right signal, sometimes he'll lock onto a, the wrong set of cones and he'll try to take me there and. So then we're arguing about which set of cones we're actually headed towards. But he's really figured it out. And, you know, I, I don't I'm not going to stop until he says he's done. And, and he'll tell me he's he's a really good horse that way. And he tells you what he's thinking. Um, well, but yeah, I mean, he, he loves his job. So <laughs> congratulations again. This is an amazing story. Now, yeah. Jacob goes to Europe. Is he going this year? Yes, we are going this year. We're uh, currently fundraising and trying to get all of our, our plans together. Um, How cool we for just, you, too. Yeah. Yeah. I went two years ago, so this will be my second time going, um, which means Loxie will get a very nice vacation for a couple of months while we're gone. Um, well, since he does not get you're to go, over. Obviously, <laughs> going to Europe for a driver is, is that's where all the top in the world drivers yeah. hang out. So mm-hmm. there's no better place to learn as a driver and a person yeah. who wants to become a professional driver someday. So congratulations to you. This yeah. is just an amazing story. It really is a movie. Um, yes, and I'll have our agent call your agent. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let, let me know when we're going to put this all together. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds has one, two, three, four different formulas that we're going to chat about very briefly today. First one on the list balances the needs of horses who need calories, but they also need a little bit of focus. What's that one called? Called mass, no staff. They also have a formula that's going to balance the needs of a horse that needs a lot of energy because he is a high-performance competitor. What's that one? That one is called Freestyle Performance or Tramex. 
because yes, trail horses can be high-performance animals. And for senior horses or horses who have dental issues, that one's called senior. Tough to remember. And for those who want a top-quality, non-GMO feed, which is what all of Daily Dose Equine's feeds are, but they also have a really serious budget that they need, they need to stick to, what do, they ha- what do you have for them? We call that product sweet and safe. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Uh, Well, we're going to go all over the place, uh, but I would like to thank these people for facilitating this part of the program today. Uh, Brittany, Laureen, Debbie, Sarah, Ina, Aaron, Jody, Clark, and Nicole, you all sent me weird news stories. And I'm not going to tell you who sent what because it's none of your business. But I would like to say that if you were ever looking through the news, reading something, and you're like, that is so weird, think of me. Email it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com, and then uh, maybe it'll be on the show like this one. You never know, Glenn, what people are going through. You never know somebody's story. You never know where something like this is going to go. It just seems like this is going to end up inappropriate. Anyway, a South African company is offering some services. $47 a session American or 900 Rand if you're South Africans located in Johannesburg, um, which is sketch place to even participate in something like this. But this one woman, she said, Chad, I had a rough day at work and I was meeting my partner the evening for movies and I just, I wasn't okay. And so I was so stressed. And he said, why don't we just cuddle? And so they cuddled and then pro cuddling South Africa was born. That's right. She had now employees, 50 people who meet with their clients in the home or hotel and they cuddle. They just cuddle. The benefit is that there's intimacy, a closeness, a connection that's established through through touch. They operate um, basically... She says, okay, even if they're in a hotel, we have the full address. The client and the cuddle mate do not communicate at all, and we don't exchange their numbers. We verify everything, facilitate the booking process from the beginning right up until the cuddle mate is at the client's door. What could possibly go wrong after that, Glenn? (laughs) I don't know. What did go wrong, Jamie? The fact that people are paying people to meet them at hotels and cuddle <laughs> in South Africa, Johannesburg. Whew, that was it. Just a weird, just a weird news well, story. Did, it's so funny you bring this up, and I didn't know you were going to. The other day in the Wall Street Journal, there was an article on a website called CuddleComfort.com. I just went to CuddleComfort.com, and this is what it says. We'll find you a cuddle buddy so you can start a friendship based on cuddling without any expectations of something more. 
you sign up for the app, you search for the nearest cuddle buddy, you message them, you get in contact with them, and then you find a time to cuddle. Oh my 400,000 members on cuddlebuddy.com. Oh, well, if I've offended anybody listening, I do apologize, <laughs> but I would like to say that showing up to a hotel in Johannesburg. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little sketchy. Like, I don't know. It scared me even reading that, but you know what? This next story is pretty scary too. Okay. Next story. All right. Well, I mean, you know, it's just a Sonic drive-in restaurant in New Mexico. And Jeffrey David Salazar was making the food. And um, this young lady uh, went and ordered a hot dog. And apparently Salazar was prepping the order. And I don't uh, want to hear the end of this. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? It's a weird news story. It's at a fast food restaurant, and I've given you three names <laughs> of the person. You know if they're guilty of something terrible, it's three names. Jeffrey and David Salazar. Um, so uh, apparently this woman, uh, who shall remain nameless, was going through the checkout line and got a hot dog and started to drive off and bit into the hot dog, and there was a plastic bag like she bit into a bag okay now we're gonna fast forward or skip <laughs> back to the sonic where jeffrey david salazar there's cameras in the sonic okay and he was observed on video surveillance conducting what happened to be a hand-to-hand transaction with a female employee and then he makes the hot dog hands the hot dog over and then the camera cuts to him going wait searching himself, his pockets, the area, looking on the ground, looking behind the thing. He can't find something that he was looking for. Meanwhile, at the same time, lady's biting into her hot dog and finds a big giant bag of cocaine. Oh, my God. So he lost his recently purchased cocaine. In the mustard and relish. By putting it in <laughs> Zoe's hot dog by accident. <laughs> He did admit that he did purchase the cocaine from someone in the parking lot. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? Uh, It is determined that she did not ingest any uh, in the field testing. That's good. That would have been bad. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to spend some time in my old stompy grounds, Glenn. We're going to go to Georgia. And this was an actual, uh, this comes from Channel 2 Action News, which was the news that I used to kind of uh, be associated with, the the news channel and traffic and all that. And uh, I'm so pleased that my old associate is in weird news because a warrant obtained by Channel 2 Action News on Saturday uh, in Rome, Georgia, which is a little northwest of Atlanta, there's a store called Harvest Moon Cafe. It sounds like a pretty healthy type place to eat. And that's what 23-year-old Callie Elizabeth, I can't pronounce her last name, Thewitt, uh, decided that she was hungry and she was going to go into the Harvest Moon Cafe and make herself a salad. <laughs> like, you don't think of criminals breaking into health food stores and making salads, but that's what 23-year-old Callie Elizabeth did, and um, she really is a talented salad maker, and the ingredients and the total value of the salad that she made herself was $500. That's what the right. Heck? 
She made herself a $500 What do you put in salad. a $500 salad? Authorities did not specify what ingredients she <laughs> put she in her use salad. a garbage can? <laughs> she was charged with theft by taking. That's right. Um, but then I did love She'd back this. her truck up and fill the bed? With beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Officers said she touched several food items with her bare hands, which oh, then yeah. rendered those ingredients no good, which makes me realize how many times I've been in restaurants being served by people barehanded and it frightens me a little bit more to think about that well i was so glad we went on this last cruise that the buffet was they served you the buffet and you didn't serve yourself that just seems so much more sanitary (laughs) (laughs) oh excuse me sorry or the kid who you know the kid who's up there who has been doing nothing but licking his hand the entire time get your hands out (laughs) of the pickles exactly exactly Just to keep it real, uh, we're going to do our last story and we're going to stay in Georgia, okay, because they're putting out a public service announcement. Now, much like the last one associated with the local news channel, this one is associated with CNN. That's right. This comes from CNN.com, although I've heard about this about 600 other places because it's Georgia and it's awesome. It is Georgia Day, isn't it? It is Georgia Day. Um, so apparently you can now do like a driver's license for your Apple wallet and you take a picture of yourself and uh, there's like a, this digital ID can speed up the process at TSA and uh, helps with many things, excuse me, where you get asked for an ID. So um, apparently people in Georgia have been uh, photographing themselves for their ID. Naked. <laughs> that does sound like a Florida thing, though. I'm a little, I'm a little uh, concerned that it's so moved. It's probably just because Florida doesn't have this tag. They haven't allowed it yet because <laughs> they're so frightened. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Georgia Department of Driver's Services took to the Internet Tuesday to remind drivers, quote, Please keep your clothes on when taking your photos for your digital driver's license or ID. <laughs> I really, uh, they, they, they did follow it up with cheers to technology and keeping things classy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got another short story, but it's All right, not go, as go ahead. Awesome we have time. We have a minute. Uh, okay. You can just go. I don't know. That's a cue for the noise. Okay. All right. Well, fine. We're going to go to California. We've been to South Africa. We've been to Georgia. We've been to New Mexico. I am now feeling we're going to get to California. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Get it together, Florida. <laughs> the non Florida news week. What's up? That's a challenge to Might all of first. you to send me Florida <laughs> stories. <laughs> um, so there was a woman in Aptos, California, and she was taking a weekend stroll on a California beach on Memorial day. And she noticed something unusual sticking out of the sand and it looked, she said like burnt toast. Uh, and so she took some pictures of it and she went home and submitted it. And people were like, Oh my God, you have to go back and get that. And so she goes back to get it. And of course it's gone because it's on the beach and it's washed around, but 
she ended up blasting it all over social media. Please help me find this. Help me find this. Help me find this. And then a jogger was out and he saw it and he found it and he picked it up. What was it? It was a tooth. Why is this tooth special, Glenn? Don't know. Do you know how big this tooth was? No. It was from a mastodon. <laughs> Just One laying there in the road? <laughs> million years old. <laughs> on the beach? A tooth on the beach. It was a foot long. Wow. A foot long tooth. Wow. Hold your hands up in the size of a foot and imagine you just see a giant tooth that big on the beach. Must, much less the tooth of a mastodon that is, they said, it could be pretty young. It could be as young as like, I don't know, a million years old, but whatever. <laughs> it's young. That's a million years ago. Um, think about it. Million. One million years ago. Wow. It just blows my mind to think about that. Wow. That is amazing. Okay. All right. I'm Does she have it back? I'm not even paying attention. Does she have it back? Anyway, uh, it was donated to the uh, Santa Cruz Museum oh, of okay. Natural History because uh, Wayne Thompson, the Because what do you do with a footlong tooth? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'd be like... <laughs> High is bitter. Anybody <laughs> but no, this person was like, we should donate it to our local thing and like literally got nothing. But she did take a lot of pictures, post them on Facebook. And to kind of keep memory of the the situation, she had a tiny mastodon molar necklace made. <laughs> she chip a piece off. She's got this like weird plastic <laughs> black tooth burnt toast hanging around her neck all the time just to remember her time with the mastodon tooth. All right, that's it, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for everybody who sent weird news. You can send them to Jamie at Horse Radio Network. That's Jamie. Jamie at HorseRadioNetwork.com. I almost said Jennifer, because I'm so used to saying, well, if you want to send something to Jennifer, send her a bad ad for Friday. Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Oh, yeah. You'll be entered into the prizes, which if we don't have prizes, it's going to be $1 million check from That's right. That is correct. And tomorrow we have a reigning episode for you, brand new one. And then Jamie and I will be back on Friday. Auditors, hang on. We'll talk about something. I don't know. Keep your clothes on, people. Keep it classy. At least when taking selfies. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't care. And don't meet somebody in a hotel in Joanna's Please, don't. <laughs>